Remember those uh, movies, Back to the Future? All right, and uh, there was always Back to the Future, then there was one, two, and three, you know. Back to the Future, three, you know. How many times can you go back to the future? Well, anyhow, practicing the presence of God, three. <laughs> practicing the presence of God, making ourselves aware that God is with us. And I, um, I consider this a, a very important um, subject because we, I think sometimes we do not give ourselves permission or we know that God is always with us, okay? But do we tell ourselves that? You know, when things aren't very good, you know, traffic or problems, you know, we don't have traffic problems around here. Believe me. <laughs> you know, you get down near Philadelphia, Parisburg, Pittsburgh, you know, you can sit, you know, for an hour and never move a half, you know, a mile or so. So we don't have traffic issues. But we do have people who have somehow lost patience. <laughs> well, practicing the presence of God is helping us to remember that God is with us and that, um, that God is always with us, whether it's the good, the bad, or the, the, <laughs> the ugly situations. So, the title in this, this message came from, as we've said before, it's a 17th century monk named uh, Brother Lawrence. Now, Brother Lawrence was himself a humble cook in a French monastery. If you can imagine, um, you know, you've joined a monastery to, you know, give your life to God, and one of the things, the duties in the monastery is everybody has to eat. So he is the cook, and he is also the chief bottle washer. <laughs> he is the guy who does all the dishes. So what he decided to do with this monastery and his duties was to turn his uh, preparing and his cleaning into acts of worship, acts of praise and communion with God. So he decided that he was going to practice the presence of God, make himself aware that God is with him even in these menial tasks, these everyday tasks of washing dishes or preparing meals and washing dishes and preparing meals and washing dishes. You know, my mom would always say, it, I, I, I don't think I get anything done but cook. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that was for, you know, on the farm and we, we never... The, the only prepared meals we had were what mom cooked. <laughs> so, and that was all the time. Well, the key word here is not to change what you do, but to change your attitude uh, towards what you do. Changing your attitude towards what you do. Changing your attitude towards what life is and what it means to you. And sometimes we, sometimes we don't think our life is very meaningful, very purposeful, or we've made mistakes, or we've got this thing, we've got that thing. Well, the challenge is that we need to make good decisions. We need to make right decisions because if you make, you know, what the, the definition of insanity, continuing to do this, the same thing the, the same way, and you end up with the same outcome, that's going to drive you insane. <laughs> Things don't change. They're always the same. And, and if you don't change, nothing changes. 
because there may be different days, there may be different circumstances, there may be all this other stuff, but if you have the same old mindset of how you're going to do it and and how the decisions are going to be the way that you, (laughs) the final authority on your life, make those decisions, nothing changes. It's always going to be the same. Amen. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, and dealing with people of all ages, there, you know, some people say that life is the same. Nothing ever changes. Well, that's not true. We're, all, we're always changing. It's the attitude that doesn't change. If the attitude doesn't change, nothing changes. So, anyhow, I don't think I gave you this scripture. I don't know if it's Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Um, whenever I was putting this together, there's two, two sets of scriptures. One is this one, and then the Psalm 1. And whenever we think of um, being thankful, is there anyone, you know, is there some specific thing that you are thankful for? You know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, you know, we need to be thankful <clears throat> more than just once a year. But are you thankful for something, someone, some whatever going on in your life. Are you, anyone thankful for something specific? Okay. Yes. No gallbladder. (laughs) That was a heavy thing to carry around, wasn't it? (laughs) And thankful for the surgery that got rid of the gallbladder, you know? So sometimes you had to go through bad things to find out something good needed to be done, right? Well... I'm thankful for, I'm thankful that I'm still here. <laughs> you know, not, not just thankful that I'm living, but thankful that I'm here as pastor. <laughs> you know, um, and for me, it's a good thing. I don't know about you, but <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. So, but what are we thankful for? Our family. I'm thankful for my grandkids. They're the reason, you know, you know the reason you're thankful for your grandkids because you didn't kill your children when they were growing up. <laughs> you know, that's the benefit of not killing your kids <laughs> when they're young. <laughs> so, you have grandkids. So anyhow, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Um, As you receive Christ the Lord, so continue to live in him. Keep your roots deep in him and have your lives built on him. Be strong in the faith, just as you were taught, and always be thankful. (laughs) Overflowing with gratitude. Overflowing with thanksgiving. Thankfulness. So we are rooted. We are rooted. So what it says there? Rooted and built up in Christ. And it's important that we understand that we are rooted in Christ. The, the, the winds of adversity can blow strong, but if the root system is well established, it's not going down. And, you know, I'm, maybe you remember or not, the, the giant sequoia out in, uh, is it California? The northern part of California, giant sequoia. In Sequoia National Park. <laughs> um, the giant sequoia, they're huge and weigh tons upon tons with wood and lumber there. Why is it that they don't blow over? Anybody remember? Their root system. Their root system is intertwined. And the root system is about 10 feet deep. And so all of the trees are holding each other up. 
And if you, at the edge of the forest, of the um, forest, you, you in, inject a dye into the root system at the edge, eventually it will find its way into the inner parts of the forest because they are so interconnected. And you see, we are rooted and grounded in Christ. We are rooted in, we're rooted in life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. And so whenever our roots are grounded in Christ, we are rooted in the truth of life. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you will follow me, you will hear my voice. My, my sheep know my voice. Not only do we hear it, but it is a familiar voice that we follow. And if we decide that we're not going to listen to the voice of Christ, we are cutting our root system off. So the, this scripture says, as you have received Christ, continue to live in, to walk in, in Christ. And to keep your roots deep in him. Keep your root system growing. Well, here we are in church. <laughs> what are we doing? We're keeping our root system growing. You know, how do we grow in faith? Hear the word of God. Hear the teachings. So we continue to grow in our faith, knowing that your faith is a, a direct responsibility of you. You can't have faith by osmosis. <laughs> you know, rubbing shoulders with a Christian to become one. You know, the root system in the forest, if you put something in the outer root system, it works its way through the whole system. That doesn't, uh, Christianity, you don't become a Christian because you associate with Christians. <laughs> Amen. So we know that our association with Christians is good, but being a Christian is, is allowing Christ to rule in your heart and in your life. So Psalm 1, it's very important, it's a very um, important psalm. And uh, I thought I would kind of tell you a little bit about the definitions of it before we start. This, this uh, has been called the, the preface, the preface psalm. It is the psalm that leads us into all of the songs of the book of Psalms. The text upon which the whole of Psalms makes up a divine sermon. So the whole book is one large divine sermon. Blessed as does our Lord's Sermon on the Mount. It is kind of the benediction at the beginning. It's not, it's not the blessed at the end, it's blessed at the beginning. And then he says, then, then one of the other commentaries said about, uh, this is uh, Charles Spurgeon, his, his comment on this psalm, it says, sinners cannot live in heaven. <laughs> you know, that got my attention. Sinners cannot live in heaven. They would be out of their element uh, sooner could a fish live in a tree than the wicked live in paradise. <laughs> They're completely out of their element. And I, you know, I was a few weeks ago. I was speaking with a guy, and he was saying, "Well, I don't know if I really want to go to heaven. All my friends are in hell." And I thought, "Well, they may be there, but you don't want to go there." <laughs> Because you're not going to know your friends in hell. You're not going to be associated with them in that place of darkness. Uh, we, are, we are children of light and we will be, as Christians, we will be in the light in Christ. So, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks and lives, not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
nor stands in the path where sinners walk, nor sits or rests where the scornful gather. <laughs> Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his desires, are in the law of the Lord. And on these laws, on the understanding of the truth of God's word, he meditates, he thinks about them day and night. And he will be like a firmly planted tree by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper. Very similar to the scripture we spoke of with um, Ecclesi Ecclesiastic, Colossians. Um, keep your roots deep in him and have your lives built on him. Keep your roots built in the Lord Jesus Christ. Build upon him. Not so the wicked. They're like the chaff. The worthless without substance. <laughs> the wicked are without substance. They have nothing to anchor their soul. They have nothing to anchor their life. They are like the chaff without substance, which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked, those living without God, shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So we find that in our life we have a responsibility to do the right things for the right reasons. And I think of it in the context that reminding ourselves that God is with us. Reminding ourselves that God is with us. And we have every opportunity to welcome him to our daily routine. That we have every, we have every right to believe that God is going to be with us. But we realize there are no shortcuts and there are no back doors to heaven. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 3.17, May Christ, through your faith, dwell in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded secure on love. That you're, It's not the human love. It's the love of God that is in our hearts and lives that doesn't perish and doesn't go away with time. So there is a tremendous power that we have experienced in the love of God. The love of God, our Sunday school lesson was really, I think, was the scripture and the text and everything was so very powerful for, for us. And the scripture that we spoke of in Sunday school was the, the very last text that Jesus spoke before he was arrested and, you know, and for the beaten and tried and crucified. And in that scripture we spoke of this morning, Jesus was letting his disciples know that he says that I and the Father are one. What the Father is and all that the Father has is mine. All that I am and all that I have is the Father's. And then he says that all of those who are mine are part of me and we are part of the Father that you and I have an, an inheritance. You and I have access to God's presence. 
to God's provision. And that God desires for us to be in fellowship, be in friendship with God. And the one scripture, one text said that we are God's gift to Jesus Christ for his death upon the cross and his resurrection. The scripture also says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross. So you see, we are special in the sight of God. We are unique in the sight of God. We are unique in his presence. We are unique about how, who we are and what we do, what we believe. They are like trees planted by the river. We are like trees planted by the river. The tree produces fruit in its season, and its leaves don't die. They don't wither. Everything they do will succeed or prosper. You see, there is a success about us that follows our life, and people are able to follow Christ because they know where we're at. (laughs) They know the good things that come from our life. And it's just a natural process. So we will be strong and we will rise high, like the tree. (laughs) We'll be strong and we will rise high when you are rooted and established in God's love and God's presence. So being thankful. (laughs) Thanksgiving. Do you know that people who are thankful are stronger in their mental attitude? Do you know people who are thankful are people who deal with life better? People who are grateful realize what good has come into their life. They don't, well, we'll just see how this turns out. How's your day going? Well, we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> you know? Well, the, the truth is, we don't have to see how it's going to turn out, we know the outcome. And the outcome is God is good and God is gracious and the gracious hand of God's favor is upon my life and no matter how it looks at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. God is going to make it good. He's going to grow good out of this because my roots are grounded and deep in the Lord Jesus Christ. So being thankful, thanksgiving, is being stronger Thanksgiving is growing higher, rooted more deeply, and established. That's what he's saying about being, be thankful. It's stronger, growing higher, rooted deeply, and established. So we remind yourself that God is with me now and forever, and so we are practicing the presence of God. We are reminding ourselves that God is with us, and no matter what we do or where we go, God is there. And he's there to help us and to lead us and guide us. So how do you establish yourself in love? Well, we begin by allowing God to love us, (laughs) making right choices, Choose to say yes to God's leading. You're saying yes to everything God is. And we find out that what Christ is, we become. (laughs) What Christ is, we become. Because we're rooted and grounded in him. And who God is, is his love, his peace, his gentleness, his kindness, He's long-suffering. He's forgiving. 
He's establishing our hearts in the, in, in the, in the culture and the character of heaven. So we are rooted in this whole system where God is the one who is, who is uh, where we are receiving our strength from. Then every day, we choose to love through the actions that are modeled in uh, Paul by, in 1 Corinthians 13. <clears throat> love is patient and kind. Love is long-suffering. Love doesn't think evil. Love doesn't boast. Love doesn't keep score of wrongdoing. <laughs> I like that one. I always do that one in marriage, weddings. Love doesn't keep score. It's three to one in favor of the men. <laughs> it's four to two in favor of the women. You know, no, it's, you know, God, love doesn't keep score. So I've been really practicing so that Rhonda doesn't have to keep score. You know, I'm way ahead and. Like I said, last week we were I'd be in the doghouse and she said, well, he's going to eat dog food now. <laughs> no, you didn't. She did. I'm just clarifying, dear. You know, you know, you just walked in. I nabbed her right there before she, got, before she even sat down. I had it going. <sighs> wow. I'd pick on Judy, but she might get back at me, so... My wife has to love me because we're married, you know. <laughs> so. so anyhow, if you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commandments. And what Jesus, when Jesus tells us to love him, he's trying to protect us. <laughs> think about this. You know, whenever we think of the commandments, Jesus is trying to protect us and provide us, provide for us. Whenever he says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, what is he saying? He's saying, don't, don't believe in other gods. Don't make gods out of idols. Don't make gods out of things that are of this earth and of this world. And he says to love thy neighbor as thyself, meaning, you know, honor your father and mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false evidence against your neighbor, don't be envious of what your neighbor has. <laughs> you see, love isn't just love. <laughs> you know, isn't the world lovely? Is, you know, this, I'm not singing the song. But anyhow, <laughs> isn't, you know, we have, you know, in the, in the English language, we have one word, love, but in the Greek I believe there's, there's three or four definitions of different words used for love. And we just kind of, you know, love the dog, love the cat, you know, love your wife, love, you know, love uh, the car, love your job. I mean, it's the same word, and we have this same, we have this misinterpretation of what love is, you know. I was, used to think that we have uh, MTV love, <laughs> you know. This is lust and whatever. Then you have Philadelphia, which is brotherly love. And then you have love of God, the God's love for us, which is sacrificial, that I'm willing to die for you. Those are entirely different scenarios of where love is, what love is, and what it means. And, and for, for many of us, we don't understand it until we have to experience it, until we go through situations that cause us to recognize that you know, love can be ripped out of our soul, ripped out of our hearts, and we never want to go there. 
So the more you choose to walk in love, the deeper and stronger your roots grow. When we're walking in the love of God, where our root system grows and it continues to develop, it continues to find nourishment and, and is supported by rooted and grounded in God. So, love brings about change. Life is filled with change. Just because you have always done things a certain way or thought the same old thoughts, do not think it is too difficult to change. Did you ever consider that you are the biggest hindrance to God moving in your life? When I came across that, I thought, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm not a big hindrance to God. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I am not. You see, wait, wait a minute here. Uh, when you do that I am that I am thing, you know, I am peace and joy and I am the word of life, I am love, I am, you know, have all those things. But so let's start with being thankful. Let's see what we are thankful for. So we are to make ourselves aware that God is with us. And if God is with us and he has brought us to this place, are we thankful for being in that place where we are at with friends and family, with neighbors and enemies, and with good and what we consider not so good? And do we see our things that aren't necessarily pleasant? Do we see that God is there and are we thankful? You see, being thankful is that we, we're looking for the result rather than just what we feel in the moment. Joshua 9 says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous or vigorous and very, and, 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 excuse me, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous? Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and very courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is Joshua headed into the promised land to face giants and battles and walled cities. And how are we going to do this? God says, don't be dismayed. Be very courageous. See, for the nation of Israel, they failed on their first attempt to go into the promised land because they were afraid of the giants or they were afraid of the walled cities. And do you know how they thought of themselves? Anybody remember that? How did the nation of Israel, whenever they were at the promised land and they were going to go in, what did they think of themselves? No? Grasshoppers. We are, we are nothing but grasshoppers. <laughs> whenever you assess your life and you look at yourself in the mirror, do you say, I am more than a conqueror in Christ. Or do we say, grasshopper? <laughs> you know, that was, uh, that was that karate guy, you know, way back, you know. Little grasshopper, you know. <laughs> Kung fu, that was it. Yeah, little grasshopper, let me teach you songs. You know. But you see, how we see ourselves is how we respond. And God is telling to us, you're not a grasshopper. And, and, and the children of Israel, until they got that out of their system, they never went in to possess the promised land. And in our hearts and minds, reminding ourselves that God is with us, 
he's not with a grasshopper. He's with you. Do not be surprised by the fiery darts and the arrows that the enemy sends at us. He says, but be thankful in all things. Practice the presence of God. Make yourself aware that God is here. Be thankful. You see, the forces of darkness would not be fighting against you if they didn't feel that God had a plan for you. So when we think of ourselves as grasshoppers, we don't see ourselves as victors. God sees us as more than conquerors. God sees us as victors. God sees us as his creation in which he has a plan and a purpose and a way for us to possess the kingdom of God to be the gift of the Father to Christ, you and I. We said do that in Sunday school. And how that we have a purpose for everything that we say and do. Be thankful. Be thankful. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. No matter where you are at, God is there. And you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water whose root system is in Christ. Rooted and grounded. A life that is built upon the principles of God's word. So whenever we're saying be thankful, God is telling us to be grateful. He's trying to get us to see life through his eyes. His eyes there's, you know, I got this. I got this. Don't need to worry about it. I got this. And God is telling us in our, our lives, he's saying, I got this. Be strong and very courageous. I got this for you. Take your focus off of the Jerichos and the walled, and the walled cities and take your focus off of things that have gone wrong and things that, you know, things, dreams that haven't come yet and may never come and all the things... Take your focus off of those and focus on Christ because you are the gift of God to Jesus Christ. That was the Sunday school lesson. You are the gift of God to Jesus Christ for his death upon the cross. And his gift, you and I, he loves us more than we'll ever know. And he has provided for us in greater measure and in greater quantities that are limitless and beyond measure. Amen? So what do we need to be? Thankful. In all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Shall we stand? So we are only going to be we are only going to accomplish our victories by God's gracious hand of favor on our life. We will accomplish God's victories by his gracious hand of favor on our lives. God, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How can we say thanks? for all the wonderful things you have done for us. Things so undeserved. 
but yet you gave your life for us. While we were yet sinners and while we were yet far away from you, you loved us. When we were making a mess of life, you had a plan for our life. And now, Lord, we come to you, grateful for your hand of favor upon us. We pray, O oh God, for your blessing, your calling. We pray, O oh God, that you will give us strength for each day. Lord, that you will hold us close to you. And we will sense and know and feel your gracious hand of favor upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you downstairs. <laughs>